those of you who uh, like Monty Python would have recognised uh, that tune, always look on the bright side. Well, we're focused on the bright side because uh, even travel writers need a holiday from the apparently elegant life they lead, and that's exactly what our reporter, Belinda Jackson, did during the school holidays, taking her 11-year-old daughter up to Bright in Victoria's high country. Belinda tells us the experiences she enjoyed in that pretty country village with its growing culinary reputation. Bright. It's a place I happen to have spent a bit of time as a callow youth, and in my stupidity, I've climbed a few mountains up there. Not that that's really mountain climbing, it's a bit of a stroll uh, with some uphill exertion. Anyway, Belinda, you were there recently. Why Bright? Did you know it well? Oh, look, I think Bright draws um, Victorians and particularly Melbournians all the time because it's a you can have a mountain experience, but, you know, without having to commit to, to, the, to the snow as well. So Bright sits, Bright is basically a, a jumping off point for the snowfield, but it's, you know, it's this beautiful village feel. It's actually become very sophisticated as well. I mean, you know, especially during COVID, so many people did a green change and, and moved up to Bright. So you've got this small town feel, but then you also have fabulous coffee, great restaurants, and all of those same activities that you did in your callow youth, you know, yeah. from, from hill walking to um, biking, which is massively important to, um, to the community there now. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and you can ski. as and, and Well, Dinner Plain is probably the closest, but one of the beauties of, of Bright, I always reckoned, was the colour. Of course, it's not there at the minute, it's all leafy green but the autumn colours in brighter absolutely sensational so that was always an appealing thing and the little creek in the town or maybe it's a river now I don't know it could be a raging at this point in Victoria given there's a bit of rain around that used to be pretty good to jump in and there was like a weir that banked the water up so you got a bit deeper water than one might normally find in a creek we stayed in the caravan park but you wouldn't have done anything quite that (laughs) You know, <laughs> no, it needs a butler and aircon, right? No, 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 no. no. We actually um, we 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 stayed in one of the small, um, uh, smaller um, family Airbnb. accommodations there. Yeah. But no, I didn't. I didn't Airbnb. But um, there's, I mean, there's a massive pile. Um, you know, like a lot of um, towns around Australia, there is so much accommodation that you know it it does have that knock-on effect in that the people that live and work in Bright are actually finding difficulty in finding places to stay yeah that's always a problem isn't it i think it's similar in lawn you know um the melburnians have invaded lawn and brought made sure the coffee was good and all the rest of it and uh bought holiday houses and now Mm. people who who work down there in hospitality have to go to another little village to live because they can't afford to live in lawn if they could find something yeah that i think that that's uh I mean that's been happening worldwide with yeah. with the with the advent of Airbnb. I mean that's what we saw in Barcelona. You know it's happening from Barcelona to Bright as well. Yeah. Um, I did not stay in an Airbnb for this one, just as a just as a, a point of uh, clarification. No, However, that's right. there has been there has been a lot of movement in the town with regard to accommodation. Um, and while it's not taking out uh, taking out of the stock for uh, regulars, some of the key things that have been opening up there is there is a new uh, vineyard residence, which is at the Feathertop Winery, which is just on the outskirts of the area. And then other accommodation, which I thought was super exciting, is, uh, is a hotel called Velo, V-E-L-O, which is a boutique cycling 
I was going to uh, say, hotel. it sounds like something to do with cycling. What, what is the big thing with cycling in Bright, the blender? Uh, well, it's... Um, uh, it's one of the great places to train if you if you are into um, hill climbing on uh, road bikes. Right. So it's fabulous for you know cycling up the sides of mountains. But it's also got um, all of the old rail trails have been converted into easy run, beautiful easy cycling trails that you can do even with kids, which is which is what I did. You know, I had oh, my eleven okay. year old with me, and that's just been extended all the way through. If you are following the roads up to Bright, then you'll find that you're actually following the rail trails the whole way through. Yeah. And they're lovely, broad, beautifully maintained. A few magpies here and there. I've got to, I, I, I do have to make a disclaimer on that one. And and you can cycle for, you know, for five kilometres or for 50 kilometres. And, and then, of course, you can turn around and go back. And it's a really great, It's I think it's one of the key attractions of the region. And it's only going to grow as well. And that's, you know, from those that like to follow the, the Tour de France and, and those that just want to get their kids there and ring their bells and have their um, sparklers on the edge of their um, bike handles as well. Okay. It's, and it's such a broad church. Yeah, it sounds great. And uh, are any of the stations there or are they stops along the way for a coffee or a, what else would it be, a vanilla slice? <laughs> what do they offer up there? Ah, you can stop for a very nice dinner and uh, and a bottle of fabulous wine if you like. You know, you don't have to don't have to um, fuel yourself up on snot blocks to get around <laughs> along the... <laughs> I was just thinking of the uh, of the children on the school holidays, but yes, that that that's very good of you. But no, you can, um, and that's the way that the that the that the rail trail is designed. So you go constantly going through little villages, yeah, uh, or you can cycle out to you know one of the great pubs, one of the great country pubs, and you know go out there, have lunch, and then cycle back, and you feel like you've burnt off some of the calories. So right. I mean, I I know that there's no calories in holiday food, but just in case there was, this is your um. This is your backstop. I need to tell the girls from last week, our three reporters who took off on a uh, journalistic quest only to discover there was lots of bakeries between Adelaide and Melbourne. Um, I have to let them know about, about your philosophy on holiday food. Oh, there's so many bakeries up here as well and, and you could easily have cycled between them. That rail trail runs right along out through Bright uh, down to Myrtleford and you can continue, continue all the way down um, to Beechworth, which is just beautiful. Uh, wow. But then there's a there's a new section that opened in the last. It's been it's it's not entirely new. So, but mm. there have been new sections added to it, so that you've got an, an uh, a lovely smooth run from Bright to Harrietville, um, yep. which is one of those tiny uh, tiny towns that are a jumping off point to Hotham. Uh, and also, and and the and the beautiful thing about that route is that as you're cycling, you're following the Ovens River, which you used to jump into as yeah. a child. It's called um, the river now, is it? It is. It's always been the river, okay. um, and 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 that's that's fed by snowmelt as well. So at the yeah. moment, in spring, it's absolutely tumultuous. So right. you know, one of the other things that's big there is whitewater rafting as well. You follow the Ovens River, and you've got you're looking at Feathertop in front of you. So well, and there's yeah. snow on there at the moment, and it's it's just beautiful. Feathertop is indeed the mountain that I that I clambered up three on three occasions for my uh, for my youth and <laughs> stupidity. But it was actually the view from the top. It's not a difficult climb. Would you take an 11-year-old up? Yeah, you probably could, actually. It, it takes a few hours to get up there, but you can come down a lot quicker. But when you get to the top, wow, the view is sensational. It's the second highest mountain in Victoria. And Harrietville, you mentioned, was always a sort of jumping-off point for the serious hikers. 
who wanted to go up further top and then they might go along the Razorback, which is one of the ridges, and you can sort of do a loop up there, um, but something maybe for another, for another time when you visit. Well, yeah, I mean, in that, that cycle route um, from Bright to Harrietville is about 27 kilometres. Mm. So it's, it's, not the, it's not a huge climb, but which you wouldn't even think that you were climbing, but on the way back you can coast back down. So because it's a 54-kilometre return, so that's a great that's day That's a out. fair can, hike, isn't it? Yeah, it's not on bad. And, and we did take mm. kids up there. So I didn't make her climb up Mount Feathertop, which is um, 1,922 metres above sea level so you know that we've had beautiful patches of snow everywhere and it's just a glorious you know a glorious it's a great summer thing to do bill but it it gets cool so if you're gonna even in the warmer months if you're going to go up further top it's a good idea to have something in your bag that will help with the wind uh, because the chill factor can get a bit serious up there but you, how long do you reckon you could spend up there in, in, in Bright? In Bright? Hmm. Oh, look, you could, do, you could easily do a week. I mean, we okay. had a week up there. And that is, like, put out a, a half day to go horse riding because there is fabulous horse riding in nearby Tawonga. Yeah. Um, and uh, Spur Spring, which is one of the few horseback tours that goes into the Alpine National Park that oh, has the right great. to go in there. Yeah. It's amazing. So they do, they do one-hour, you know, practice runs, but then they do half-day, which I did a, a half-day ride into the National Park. And they also do pack tours. So at certain times of the year, they go up for, you know, up to seven days riding oh. horses up, uh, you know, up into the Australian Alps because you've got these incredible ridges that you can follow. Remembering that you can tap into, like if you're a really big hiker, you can tap into the Australian Alps walking track, which takes you all the way up to Canberra. It's about, I think it's about 50 days or so. Yeah, that's um, serious. So, so, so if, if, but if you're just planning a short itinerary up there, you know, put a day in to do a, a cruise along, uh, a bike ride along the rail trail, uh, do uh, horse riding for another day, have a down day in between because your backside's not going to thank you, let me tell you no, that for sure. No, not, not um, from either pursuit. No, and then there's also fabulous dining within Bright itself. And there's a couple of new places opened as well. One mm-hmm. of the newest ones is uh, is a pizza restaurant called Hometown, which is which is packed out. It's uh, the um, owners have already got tomahawk. If you know, if you know the Bright dining scene. So when I was there, they were stopped. They, you know, it was absolutely packed, and they were worried about running out of dough. So you've got to book ahead for a lot of that. Running out and of dough. <laughs> running out of dough. Making dough. Running out of dough. It's all. Oh. It's all connected. Um, brilliant coffee at Sixpence, which has been a staple there, and um, and Reed and Co, which is a distillery producing some great Australian gins. And I thought that was really interesting that when I was having a chat to them and and take and trying a tasting paddle when they first started not that many years ago there were only 60 distilleries in australia and now there's more than 500 so you know our our taste for australian products has never been greater and reed and co is really a great start if you are if you are moving on to the the exploratory gin journey yeah well i think we're seeing a lot of people making gin because a it's uh quicker than wine. B, it's quicker than whiskey. You don't have to age it. You can literally produce gin in a matter of days. And, Hello, uh, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, you've got you still going in the backyard, have you? <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it to the experts, thanks. Yeah, and tell me, when they produce and present you with a paddle of gin, is that because they've used different botanicals in each of the glasses they're offering you, is it? 
Well, so this that, is the reason why I'm not going to be doing it myself um, is because I don't have the expertise to mess around with things like yuzu, which is, you know, the um, Japanese citrus, which is yeah. um, what I loved about reading Co is that they bring in really interesting tasting notes, like they might use eucalypts and, to, you know, and blending right. juniper and, and native citrus or indigenous spices such as, you know, mountain pepper. And yeah. um, so you're, you're trying all of these really exploratory botanicals and that's what that's what makes it so exciting that's what makes a gin you know it takes it from from a regular gnt to something that you know you're mixing with rosemary or you've got mint in there uh, you know as well as lime and you know your standard lemon but sage and eucalyptus it's really exciting and i think it's um you know very australian i think it's great that we're celebrating well what the the products come from that the products are australian only and that well it's it's about putting an australian stamp on, on a product, you know, if I'm if I'm traveling, and that's, I mean, I always maintain that the idea of travel is is anti globalization. So mm. if I'm going to Australia, then I, you know, I want to taste Australian products. I want to taste Australian mountain pepper, and I want to taste eucalypts. And and why not bring that into a, a product that everybody's looking for? It's like going to, you know, I want to cuddle a cuddle a koala or look at kangaroos or something you know so while i'm in australia that's what i'd like to do and yeah. i think that reed and co does a really great thing with these oh, lovely little tasting platters and and one thing to note is that these are all very small you know these these are really boutiques so there's not that many seats either book get in early they don't stay open all night so it doesn't become it doesn't turn into a pub but it's a just a place to you know really think about what you're what you're drinking and and you know this is a chef run property as well so, oh, so you, you've got real expertise in here and i think it's it's super exciting can't wait to go back um so any glamping and, up and, there and fellow uh, i i don't know and i'm not a fan so i i find glamping to be just overpriced tents where you've got to walk to a toilet in the middle of the night so oh, I'm not, yeah. so yes i'm a so, bit i'm a little bit savage about glamping it's always bloody adults only as well um, Graham, what I've noticed in Bright is uh, there's there's quite a number of new accommodation options in in the town and around the town as well. So I would, if I was looking for accommodation there, I'd go to Bright Boutique Accommodation, which has got houses around in Bright itself and in the in the immediate surrounds, and they've got some absolutely beautiful new properties. And some of them are those gorgeous little cottages that are just covered in magnolia trees. Floral displays in spring are really awesome, and as you mentioned earlier, the leaf peeping. Mm. to use that New England term, oh. is, is spectacular in autumn. Then you've also got the vineyard, new vineyard residence, which is at Feathertop Winery, which is outside Bright, and uh, and Velo, which is um, was actually run, formerly run as a, uh, almost as a hostel for, uh, for cyclists passing through. And it's been um, completely overhauled now. It's got a handful of, of beautiful rooms, that, that are featuring things like vintage cycling posters from European cycling posters. Oh, okay. Um, which, which are just gorgeous and yeah, they're really they are. the pieces of it. Mm. And then down below in, in Velo, and this is built in the old Empire Hotel in, in the centre of Bright, then underneath you have New Empire Dining, which is, it, you know, it's so beautiful. You'd expect it to be this absolutely super high-end dining experience. But when I went in on a Monday night, pulled up a 
beautiful big uh, tan leather couch in front of a in front of the fire, and it was steak nights. So it was packed out, and everybody was ordering uh, steak and fries. But then you can drink. Uh, the wines actually match the posters, so you can drink from great cycling destinations, European destinations, oh. as well as some of the local wine as well. They do a couple of really gorgeous cocktails. And this is a plan that is being put in this part of um, Bright is is just going to be expanding so that there is more accommodation coming in. There's also a standalone two-bedroom apartment that families can book out. And, And the interesting thing about it is it's pretty much at ground zero for the rail trail as well. But it's also pitching at those cyclists too that are doing the big mountain runs. And, uh, and and I think it's just really beautiful accommodation. If you take a look at it, the website for it is brightvelo.com.au. And, uh, and I think it's just a really great celebration of this high country. Belinda Jackson there speaking with Graham Kemlow. We'll put the links Belinda mentioned up on our SoundCloud site, soundcloud.com forward slash Travel Writers Radio.